And welcome, welcome to the No Name Yet podcast. That is the podcast with no name. And on tonight's show, once again, it is the, guy that doesn't the want to other right now. guy on the show, Mario! You have a fantastic way of just, you know, broadening my uh, musical knowledge apparently I, I i don't know what this is i don't know what it is i need you to stop this joy feel when was this song made i don't know i think it's the 50s some, or the 60s this is definitely some captain boy stuff like my black ass would have never came across this well, well it, it, it's uh, the name of the song is dominique and it was made famous by the singing nun the uh, version that we're playing is a cover, just to try to avoid any copyright claims. Um, but uh, the way I uh, the way I came about it was um, my dad uh, had uh, uh, you know his godmother, and um, she uh, went into a nursing home, and so she asked him to please take some of the items from her house because. The nursing home was gonna take everything, and yeah. uh, so my dad took a few items, and one of them was this uh, stereo, which you know it was one of those stereos that was a piece piece of furniture, um, and in it inside it, it had a, a big radio, you know, with tubes and things like that, and then uh, a, uh, a turntable and a place to store records and in that place where the records were stored was an album by the singing nun and out of curiosity okay, yeah. i played it and uh, i always thought that that song dominique was kind of catchy and it's always kind of stuck with me little history lesson yeah a lot of big explanation a big explanation so what do we got today well, first of all, what did you do to your lip last night? I busted it. How? Okay. I didn't catch so, how you did it. So I, I, <laughs> so I have. I, I was just laughing. I didn't watch where I was going, but the hallway light was off. And typically, ninety nine percent of the time, when I walk in the dark and I'm paying attention. And I'm not on the phone. I don't hit anything. I'm not on the phone, or I'm not. I'm sober. You know, as long as I'm sober and not on the phone, nothing bad happens. Uh -huh. And uh, this time, I was just walking in black, just complete blackness. And I thought I was walk. What I was walking towards was the stairwell, but it was actually the wall. It didn't hurt. It was just a lot of blood. All right. I, I can just still see off. that that you. I can kind of yeah, see right here. Little that your lip is injured. So, okay. mm -hmm. I'm gonna hide it for a good minute. Okay. <laughs> a lot of licking. I heard uh, Gritty tell me, "I don't know any man that licked their lips." That's gay. I was like, "Whoa!" I lick my lips when I'm nervous, so <laughs> I must be super gay. <laughs> I'm did you put lies. did you put anything on on your lips like any uh 
Vaseline. Yeah, Vaseline or uh, chapstick or anything? Yeah, that too. Other than that, just letting it heal. Okay. All right. I'm going to take this L. I mean, I'm the one that wasn't paying attention. It's not the worst thing. I haven't busted my lips since I was like a child. So to me, I just laugh. It wasn't painful. It was just a lot of blood. Okay. Well, it was a lot of blood. And this all took yeah, place on um on FaceTime. Yesterday. Yes. On, on FaceTime. Dre Sissick came on and was go, whoa, what the hell happened? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> she just like just walked in and saw a man with a bloody lip. Like, what happened to you? I walked into the wall, the wall. <laughs> that happened to a from a wall. Like, I you know, wall. Oh, you must have hit that pretty hard. I did. And what are you drinking? Mike's what? What is that? Mike's lemonade. All right. That's alcohol. Like the lowest count ever. Okay. Yeah, I haven't drank in years and and I and you know, and for those that don't know, I'm an addict. And <laughs> and on uh, March fourth, March fourth, I'll be twelve years clean. Hooray. I'm actually really proud of that. Thank you. I'm really and, proud of that. But I'm still going to laugh. Okay. You're going to get intoxicated during the, the podcast? There's no way for me to get intoxicated. If I got intoxicated, the audience would literally say, this guy is useless to society. Well, you are, you are a lightweight. I couldn't. I am a lightweight, but this, uh, uh, Mike's Lemonade would be like embarrassing. Right, like, what is it? What is like it? Like two, is it like two or three percent alcohol? Pretty much. It's really light. Okay. Really light. I love it. Like it was my first time we had it at the house. I'm not gonna show it again, but it was the first time we had it at the house. And I'm like, yeah, this flavor is fantastic. Just a it was just a nice little it doesn't even give me buzz. It's like maybe I have to drink like five of those to four of those four, four to five just to get a light buzz just to consider it mm -hmm. and then it goes by really fast but the taste is fantastic i i never thought alcohol and lemonade would taste so good i'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> two things black people love so i um uh so i i i ran out of seltzer so i'm i'm drinking a glass of water with some ice and Good. it's yeah it's been um Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> so anyway, um <laughs> it's been a <laughs> it's been a long time since I put any ice in, in a drink. Um mm -hmm. and uh I don't know if you've uh listened to Sebastian Maniscuco's material, but he yeah. um uh he talks about uh you know, going out and, and, and picking a girl up at a club. And, uh, like when, when you go over to his house, you know, he can offer you a beer, wine, a bottled water or an orangina. And then he, he, he imitates, he imitates the woman going, oh, orangina, you have orangina. And he's like, yeah, I've got it. He goes, when, when, he goes, when I go to a woman's house and I ask it, if she has something to drink, she's like, yeah, well, yeah, it has some 
tap water. Yeah. And he's just like, well, that's all you got? He goes, that's all I got. He goes, well, can I get some ice in it? She goes, sure, you can have some ice in it. And when I take a sip, all I taste are frozen vegetables. Change out your cubes! <laughs> that's what this... The, that's the what this is. What are, what are women? What are women doing? Is it taste like well, frozen vegetables? Well, the, no, but don't worry about the women because my cubes don't taste good. I should have changed out my cubes. <laughs> well, you're a woman too now. Congratulations. What do your cubes taste like? Like freezer. <laughs> Yuck. Yuck. <laughs> Ah, freezer anyway so what we're uh, talking about today the fact that there was uh, a rally in Washington D.C. this past really Sunday called the rage against the war machine and well, uh, um, the war machine was the government yes uh, and, oh, uh, great let's hear it so on, on the first page, it said, join us at the Lincoln Memorial at 12.30 p.m. on Sunday, February 19th, on the anniversary of, of the Ukraine war and President's Day weekend to rage against the war machine. Veterans, speakers, rock musicians, comedians, and more. After the rally, we'll march to the White House and deliver our demands to warmonger-in-chief Joe Biden. And uh, the demands of the of the event were not one more penny for the war in Ukraine, negotiate peace, stop the war inflation. So what they're saying is that a lot of the price increases that we've experienced are because of this war. Uh, disband NATO. Uh, strive for a global nuclear de-escalation. Slash the Pentagon budget, abolish the CIA and military industrial deep state, abolish war and empire, restore civil liberties. And you're talking about the civil liberties that were lost after 9-11, including habeas corpus and free Julian Assange. And for those that don't okay, for those that don't know who Julian Assange is. That he was the founder of WikiLeaks, and uh, okay. they would intercept, uh, communicate government communiques, and they would catalog them and then uh, issue them in a. Uh, they release the information in kind of a dump, uh, in which, you know, uh, newspapers like the New York Times used them at one point, uh, okay. but. Uh, the United States wants to charge uh, an Australian citizen, Julian Assange, with espionage. Really? And uh, so uh, Julian Assange took refuge uh, in the El Salvadorian uh, consulate in the United Kingdom. He was there for about seven years, I think, six or seven years, uh, until... Um, the 
uh, government of the UK uh, went into the embassy uh, when the new president of El Salvador said they could, and they took him out and arrested him. And so the United, the United States has been trying to extradite him. And uh, the reason why he has not been extradited is because uh, a British judge said that the condition of our prisons will probably kill Julian Assange. But uh, the United Kingdom is doing a good job of it themselves. And Julian Assange's brother and father uh, have been waging a campaign that have him freed. Uh, because basically what they're doing is they're uh, holding Julian Assange as a political prisoner, and what he was doing was journalism. So they've arrested uh, a journalist on uh, and uh, holding him as a political prisoner, which is uh, supposedly everything that we do not believe in in a free democratic society this is this is interesting because this there's a lot of uh tragedy occurring within journalism right now and apparently there was a mass shooting in florida i'm not sure if you heard about that no i don't think so okay well i was hoping that you did but apparently, uh, there are a photographer and a journalist uh, died. So, oh, is this the one where the the shooter went back and shot the journalist? Yeah, I believe so. Okay, I I caught a little bit of it. Yeah, uh, I I'm still looking for more interesting, um, uh, <laughs> more interesting details, and I say interesting details where basically when you're not, you don't hear a TikToker, you know, covering it. So uh -huh. I want to see where more of the uh, mainstream media, what they're saying, because this is really one of their own. So I want to see what's happening with that. This is a tragedy. Okay. Um, it's a tragedy to hear. And just what you just said just points out there's a lot of this field is difficult. Um, it's dangerous. You have to love journalism, journalism to really do this. Well, um, Become, I, you can I wouldn't, become I wouldn't make blanket statements. <laughs> you don't think it's a difficult job? Well, I think it is a well. The thing, the thing, yeah. Uh, the thing I'm saying about making blanket statements is that the people who refer to themselves as journalists in the mainstream, that are anchors and uh, high-profile reporters for like CNN and MSNBC. Yeah. Uh, NBC, CBS, ABC, yeah, Fox, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, really are propagandists. They're really not journalists. And I, could, I, and I get that point. Yeah. But regardless of them being propaganda, they, they're still in, and it proves, say, that no one is safe. These people were outside doing a story, regardless, regardless of whatever motive, motives they had. No life should have been lost that that day well, at that yeah. hour at that time you know no life should have been lost and it's sad to say that you know um regardless of the person's personal beliefs or what they have they shouldn't have died for somebody's wild rampage so it, it's just I, I look forward to seeing how this affects um the future and how people are how they are protected because these people are left you see it all the time they're left even in the weather to 
fight the tornadoes. Oh, John, you know, it's currently uh, really windy out here, uh, you know, but I'm holding strong, me and my crew. Yeah. Uh, it'll, it'll, it'll be okay. Oh, wow, wow. We just witnessed a mailbox fly through a wall. <laughs> oh, well, that shows us how bad it really is. Well, you know, we'll get in this parking garage and wait it out with no food for about six hours. Well, you know, we'll try to reconnect with you with our crappy Wi-Fi. Oh, 5G, that doesn't work. And sometimes the people that are pretending that they're are being pushed by the wind are pretending. Yeah, oh, you did, think so? Oh, did you ever see that? Oh, I gotta see. You gotta show me a video now. So oh. this is this guy going, Oh man, that's so unbelievable. It's crazy that somebody would be like, Whoa, Mike, whoa, it's so crazy. The oh, wind hold on. Let me find let me find one for you. Let me, find oh. uh, let me see. Uh, all right, here's what the Weather Channel is now responding to reports that one of their reporters was essentially faking it during his coverage of Hurricane Florence. Probably seen the video on Facebook as that reporter struggles to keep his balance. Okay, uh, picking it up here in Wilmington, North Carolina, right at the Intracoastal, and we're in one of these bands. So that's Mike Seidel in Wilmington, North Carolina, but as he braces and fights the wind Friday, check out the two guys who seem to walk right by him in the background there with no trouble at all. The video has been shared more than a million times on social media. So now a spokesperson for the Weather Channel is defending Seidel, saying it's important to note that the two individuals in the background are walking on concrete while Seidel tries to maintain his footing on wet grass. Oh, the spokesperson goes on to say Seidel was exhausted after reporting on air until 1 a.m. had <laughs> crap. I thought he had a. I I I thought he had a. Sh as he, he was just, you know. I well the way know, he was standing. It was either even... it was either he had. A <laughs> he was on drugs, <laughs> or that grass was really slippery. Cause uh, Cardell was just moving. He had no. He had the wiggle. You know when you got to pee or take a poop. Uh -huh. He's like. Huh. Could I also say that that one that one um woman on the right. What about her? She was bad. She was bad. She was so pretty. I was like, wow, what channel are you on? <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's another one. I, I just wanna I just wanna look. Down below is the tropical storm force. That might not happen till tomorrow. I, I mean <laughs> it's gonna come right down through these buildings. And I mean, don't be stuck in or anything. Just higher, uh, you know, by two times just because of the way that it's funneling through those buildings. So that's what we're going to have to watch out for. There's a lot of windows. There's a lot of pieces of debris certainly flying around. So, guys, we will absolutely uh, do our best to bring you coverage as long as cell towers are Did you see the guys walk by him? Yeah, they just chill and walk by. Yeah, they just walk by him. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's yeah, I would, a... I would love what news a news that, reporter would be like that. I would have jumped in the cat. I would have jumped in the in the camera and been like, "What? What? You know?" There is a video like that. There is a reporter faking it. 
Oh, hold on a second. He's repeat. He's, he's he was faking it that hard. No, I well, I the guy was faking it, and there was uh, I think it was uh, two black young men behind him, or like making fun of him because it's not that windy. <laughs> I love my people. <laughs> I wish I could find that I one because it's. People. I remember it, it was very funny. No, so you just saw me doing this like a black man. You was like either he's a monkey or he's. So let's get back to the let's get back to the uh, anti uh, war march. We yeah. kind of got diverted. So um, this was quite a coalition of um, organizations: uh, the Libertarian Party, the People's Party, and some of these I don't know uh, who they are, but some many listening might know who they are. Uh, TNT Radio, today's uh, news talk. Mm -hmm. uh, Food Forest Abundance. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Caucus. Uh, Occupy Peace and Freedom. Uh, the Libertarian Party of Maryland. Liberty Speaks. Uh, Theo and Sons. And uh, there, you know, there were more uh, more donors. And uh, the speakers uh, included uh, a wide variety of people. And uh, I'm not going to uh, list all the names, but um, have a former congresswoman of Georgia and former Green Party candidate for president, uh, editorial director of antiwar.com, peace activist, diplomat, and former U.S. Army colonel, resigned in opposition of the Iraq War, Director and founder of the Trends Research Institute, best-selling author, journalist, and commentator, musician, singer, songwriter. That's Roger Waters, anti-war activist, blogger, author, uh, executive director of the Ron Paul Institute, uh, talk show host and political analyst. That's uh, Garland Nixon. And I'll read some names. Max Blumenthal from the Gray Zone, Anna Prerampel from the Gray Zone, Jill Stein, one of my heroes, uh, former Green Party candidate for president, uh, Tara Reid, a woman that ran for Senate here in New York, uh, Diane Sayre. And then uh, this guy was the founder and chairman of Bring Our Troops Home. Uh, folk singer, songwriter, and driving force in the cryptocurrency industry. That is Tatiana Mraz. Mar Never heard Mar of you. What's that? Never heard of her. Okay. Uh, Jordan Page. She's an anti-war artist, singer, songwriter, and guitarist. Kim Iverson, an independent journalist. Uh, Jackson Hinkle. He's a controversial kind of guy. He's an independent journalist. Uh, another anti-war activist, co-host co of AM Wake Up and the Convo Couch, Craig Jardula, uh, Wyatt Reed, anti-war activist, and Dan Cohen, award-winning documentary filmmaker. Uh, he's from Redacted, and I know that you like the uh, the show Redacted. I do like YouTube. the show Redacted. They're really good. So I do okay. watch them. They're the only show so far I'm watching on Rumble when they go live, so... Okay. 
So it kind of hurt to skip over some of the names here, uh, like Jimmy Dore was there, Ron Paul, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, Dennis Kucinich. Uh, do you know who Dennis Kucinich is? I feel like I know the name. I can't put a face to it. Uh, he used to be a congressman. Uh, they He uh, spoke out against war, and so the Democratic Party gerrymandered his district so he couldn't run again. Ah. And, and uh they uh they're very yeah. they're very progressive yep and uh he's been so blackballed out of the democratic party i guess he ran uh for mayor of maybe cincinnati don't quote me on that and uh they sent a bunch of pack money in so he would lose mm. so uh by speaking up he must been... be really good at what he wants well, he wasn't affected. I like guys voice. like him. He must be really yeah. dangerous. Everybody, if you're watching this episode, let's pay attention to that guy. If they don't want him that badly, he must be important. So um, the reason why I wanted to, to just talk about it on the show was to let people okay. know that uh, there are people out there that want to create an anti-war movement, a peace movement in this country, because there isn't an there isn't one and uh what the people in organizing this one did was to bring people in across the spectrum the political yeah, spectrum yeah i think the lineup was perfect i think there was there was people from all different generations and podcasters musicians i don't mean like just to even have the guy from redacted on there is like awesome for somebody like me Okay. So so the so the, the issues that came up especially from people on the left uh was that uh certain people did not participate because of other people that were invited to speak. And uh some people opposed the Libertarian Party. Uh some people were referring to certain people as far right. Uh, even going, I think, as so far as to refer to some people as neo-Nazis. Um, I, you know, the a lot of the people that were part of the organizing in this are people that I trust to convey yeah. information. And uh, yeah. I, I just kind of find it, uh, I, I, I don't know how to put it, but... Uh, you know, even if even if I really felt like somebody was ready to cross that line where, you know, I wouldn't want to have be associated with them, that at mm -hmm. this point, you know, I, I really want to see people across a political spectrum come together on single issues because it's the only way we're going to get anything done. That's, I was exactly, that's exactly what I was going to say. There is no point of arguing where people come from, what side of the political, um, political um, spectrum they come from. If they're genuine, so it doesn't matter if you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, it does not matter. If you are saying I am anti-war, that's anti-war. You know what I'm saying? There's, right. there's nothing to argue about. That is where you stand, you know, regardless of your political. Yes, your, your core values may be different. But if your main, like one of those, part of that core value is 
anti-war. We don't want to spend money on this. As we just saw Biden go to the Ukraine in secret, right, and put down a billion dollars into a war that none of us want. We we've I think that the American people have very loudly declared we do not want to participate in this war anymore. We do want not want. We have struggling over here. Please stop sending money over there. They don't care. Yeah, so now care. I think it's I think it's very appropriate that this is the outcome what it's coming from. Because mm-hmm. now this is just going to rally up a group of people. And this is the Gen Z. This is the millennials. Sorry, the older generation, they're not going to have the power they think they have. This can backfire in their face if they do not listen to the next generation. The next generation of um, uh, my generation and under me are saying, we don't want war. We want our money to stay here and we want to fix our problems. We're not saying we don't care about them, but we know we're struggling. We see ourselves struggling better than anybody else in the world. We want no war. We don't care. Let the rest of the countries do what they do. We need to focus on ourselves. And and the elder generation, the older generation, they're saying, this is what we've been using. This is what we've been doing to make money. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this this is the type of uh, rallies that's going to occur all over the country. This is going to accumulate and increase. And we'll see this over and over. Because what you just told me is that big names came together from all sides, came together for a conversation, spoke. They they encouraged all, all of their fans on all political spectrums. Mm-hmm. And this is just going to make people think in one mindset like you are right now. And that's going to cause a chain reaction. So now people are going to go, oh, oh, these Republicans and Democrats, oh, we could work together? That's the start of something new. So let's see where it goes. All right. So what I wanted to do is I just wanted to read parts of uh this article um and uh this article sounds like other articles that were written and i'm just going back to this because it's the first one that i found um but this one is written by socialist website okay and uh if i if i'm correct um folks uh Folks are are believing that uh, this organization has been co-opted by the neoliberals. What is a neoliberal again? I I feel like there's too many terms in. Well, so neoliberalism um, would categorize, uh, say, Hillary Clinton as a neoliberal, the people that are in power right now in the Democratic Party uh, that... uh, they profess uh, American exceptionalism, which means that if you just pick yourself up by your bootstraps, uh, you can uh, make it in America. And uh, they profess meritocracy, which we know that. Um, enough, enough. You don't have to explain no more. The picture is clear. Okay. <laughs> okay. See how and, my uh, body shifts? Ugh. And then if, if if you read about neoliberal economics, uh, it's basically laissez-faire economics and uh, uh, an effort an effort to maximize the number of transactions and opportunities to make money. So one of the best examples of that is uh, when I was growing up and uh, my mom bought a dryer that uh, the company that made the dryer would advertise that our dryers last the longest. And that uh, you'll never 
you'll likely never to need a repairman. And then by the time that I was in college, um, they made dryers to last uh, five to seven years and uh, were selling uh, insurance uh, in case the uh, dryer broke down. And uh, then uh, they were uh, then they were selling you a service plan uh, where you could have your dryer maintained every year. But then uh, in the fine print that, okay, you bought the service plan, but every year there was a $25 deductible. So every year that you would have your dryer service, you had to hand the repairman $25. So what used to be a single transaction with a warranty has become uh, at least three transactions. Plus, if you do get the yearly service, it's another transaction per year. It sounds like the the neo libertarians are just they're called I just call them lemon um, squeezers. Yeah, okay, neoliberals, neoliberals. Let's juice out yeah. of the lemon as well. Yeah, yeah, but I'm calling them lemon squeezers. Lemon, okay, lemon squeezers. All right, so um, I just want you to hear the I want you to hear the tone of this uh of this article and just uh just. Take it in and see how dangerous um, a coalition across the political spectrum is to establishment figures. Okay? Let's go. All right. So the rally, which was moderated by Angela McArdle of the Libertarian Party and Nick Brenna, of the People's Party was sold as an opportunity by the organizers and speakers to bring together the left and the right to oppose war. The fact, uh, in fact, there was no left wing perspective. The political direction was entirely by the right. Um, okay, I, and I'm sorry, I'm just going to start from the beginning. I forgot to read the title in the first paragraph. So the uh, the title of this piece is The Rage Against the War Machine Rally, A Reactionary Political Freak Show. Okay. Uh, the Rage Against the War Machine Rally held yesterday in Washington, D.C. was a political freak show attended by a motley crowd of several hundred Libertarian Party supporters, neo-fascists, and disoriented and demoralized middle-class individuals without an independent program or perspective. The speeches, many of which were obscenity-laced rants, were pitched to the lowest political level. By the time the event finally dribbled to an end, it had nothing, left nothing behind but confusion and a bad smell. I mean, can you believe people write this kind of thing? No, I can't believe it, but I believe it. This is us now. I mean, it's just, it's just, and and the thing is, you, you know what, Mo? I subscribe to the New York Times because oh, you the. Because the people that the people that you know I I do talk about politics with and that the you know they think I'm a conspiracy theorist, and so I'm like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna subscribe to the New York Times and I'm gonna read some of their articles, and article after article, especially when it comes to the war in Ukraine, is just it's just smears. It smears um, on anybody I, I who have opposes no doubt about the war. It. Smears on Russia. Smears on Putin. 
It's not substance. It's just smears. It's propaganda, and it's clear propaganda. And it's just, you know, I mean, in this, you know, I thought I would read more and more of it because I did read the whole thing, but it's just one smear after the next. And, I mean, and you and see I can... how the general umbrella is, it's like to, to, to frame everybody's character as this victim, like villain, like no matter how different these people really are at the surface, because I guarantee you that if we went to any of their channels or their Patreons or papers or anything, they're so vastly different as people that we would, they probably disagree on a lot of things, but they don't want, they don't care about how three or five people with different technical views are different from each other actually are joining and want to talk about an important subject that doesn't involve us killing millions of our own. No, they just want to group them together under one umbrella and say, you're all villains. Hmm. Even the folks, even the folk singer is a villain. The one strumming the guitar. I I guess, I, I guess the folk singer wrote what did he he wrote a song for uh i think the proud boys um you know uh, i mean what what am i going to say Wait, maybe, maybe he did but he's an anti-war activist i i you know i that's what i'm saying and and you know like like one of the anti- People could be pro-abortion and, and not anti-abortion and still not want to go to war. Yeah. Here, I, I want to read you this part. I mean, go ahead. Uh, uh, this is about Jimmy Dore. Um, oh. So in, in the case of Dore, alliance with the right is not only a tactic, it is an expression of his own political views. They're always accusing him of being right-wing. Uh, Dore advanced the position of the far right on the COVID-19 pandemic, denouncing public health uh, measures and vaccines. And see, that's what they keep. uh, They keep smearing him. Uh, Jimmy Dore at first was pro-vaccine. Then when he got the vaccine, he was vaccine injured. And so he started doing more research and then uh, started finding things out. I think maybe one of his shows may, was taken down. And so he had to be very careful about what he said on his show. But uh, a lot of the things that he asserted on his show then became common knowledge through the CDC, as a, as a lot of people who were yep. researching COVID-19 uh, had done. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, they were doing their best. And... Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's you know that's a common smear on him. So at one point he declared that quote unquote they want me to hate my neighbor for the pain I am feeling because that because they wouldn't take a vaccine that wouldn't work and the way they said it uh did in the first effing place. And First of added, all, let's just point out that he gave them a pronoun. Let's just let's just say that he gave them the pronoun. That's my boy Jerry. 
All right. That's and then he said uh, he added, <laughs> eat, eat boosters, you mother effers. Jimmy, give them the oh, So there, there's your, there's your, you know, uh, foul, whatever, I forgot what they said, foul language or swear-laden rants. I mean, Jimmy Dore is always doing swear-laden rants. Um, Listen, I just want him to dress up. We know it would be hilarious if he dressed up like a typical Democrat, a leftist, and he goes suit, tie, grease bag here, just look like the stereotype, and just like <laughs> do like a thirty-minute show of him being very clean, and out of randomly, he just goes and <laughs> I would just, just be like, yes, I would die. Like if he just. Plays with different. I I guarantee you that's a million views right there. They were like, "Why is people would just go? Why is Jimmy Dole so clean cut right now?" That picture of him would make people go, "Hmm, what is going on?" I well, he's now, pretty clean cut the way he dresses. He kind of dresses. Yes, like he an is. Old man. But I'm saying like, <laughs> I'm saying like how they go into like Albany type dress. You know what I'm saying? Okay, like all right, all right. really clean and extra. Like all right, I'm. You know what I'm saying? He's a very good, well-dressed man. I'm just saying uh, he, uh, he knows her. So I, 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 want, I want you to I want you to react to this next part. He okay. says at one uh it says at one point Jimmy Dore bizarrely asked, Why are we sending that money to Nazis in Ukraine when we could be funding why? Nazis when we could be funding Nazis here in America struggling to buy eggs? It's a joke. <laughs> and this person is putting it in there to show everybody how oh, horrible Jimmy oh, Dore is. No. But it it's a joke. You know what? Jimmy, you want all black people to die again with the Jews in a Holocaust bigger than the last one because you, you love Nazis. Jimmy Dahl, you love Nazis. And you hate black people. So <laughs> that's, we, that's definitely that's true. We do have to <laughs> we do have to say that uh the uh COVID vaccines are safe and effective and uh do does reduce transmission. Um they are safe and effective and don't don't clue me. He's talking for himself. No, I'm talking for he you too. Talking for himself. I, for you, okay. You. I don't too. want the. I don't want the podcast to be taken down. Not MoTube. MoTube is different. And we right? don't. Yeah, and, no. and we, of course, you know, because the algorithm does not have a sense of humor, we abhor and denounce Nazis. And uh, Jimmy Dore, and we know, does not hate black people. And he does not love Nazis because <laughs> we're clipping that. <laughs> and the fact of the matter is, is I'm probably saying all that, and it probably makes no difference because what I get 20 views an episode. <laughs> One day you're gonna look back and those twenty views are gonna be a hundred, two hundred, three hundred, you're gonna like, oh crap. <laughs> Just enjoy your twenty right now. 
So, so I just, you know, um, God, it's hilarious. You know, people, people keep asking me why I keep worrying about things I cannot change. And I, I really feel that out of any issue that I've been faced with that my heart is deepest in the anti-war movement and I want to see an anti-war movement and I want to be a part of it. Huh? You want to see what? I want to see a war. You want to see a war? I just want to see a war now. Why? I don't have a reason at this point. Apparently it's inedible. It's not like I can't do anything. So I might as well join the bandwagon with the rest of the government. I mean, I might as well just enjoy the war. Well, if you want war, then we're going to send you off to war and they can... I can't do anything. I would listen. I would have been joined the military. They can use you as a missile. They could use me as a missile. They can call me the black... (laughs) They can call me the black hammer. (laughs) All right. So uh, if we we still have anybody listening at this point... Um... We're going to move on to something else. Oh, before we move on to something else, I do want to encourage uh, everybody that if you do oppose war in general or specifically uh, the war in Ukraine, I do ask you to write your congressmen and your senators and to let them know and uh, request a response so you can see... uh, how they respond to you. Um, I rem- I've written my congressman. Um, I've written my congressman and representatives uh, ever since I was going to college, and I've really noticed a, a change in the 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 tenor of the letters. No, oh, they just uh, stop responding. <laughs> well, uh, I I. I called up and made some anti-war comments when uh, uh, at the beginning of this war, and I got a letter from my congressman saying that he was proud to support Ukraine. Proud. Well, he responded to you. Proud. Yeah, before you'd get a letter that would blow smoke up your booty, you know what I mean? You know, he it'd said, be very. No, he said. He said be very careful on how he was he he was proud he said Uh, who the are you i am proud i used to for the millions and billions of dollars that i am earning in my pocket for this war you know before every missile (laughs) before the before the democrats gerrymandered all these districts throughout new york in their favor um i used to have a republican uh, assemblywoman and uh, when they were trying to pass some sort of health care in New York State, I had written her in support of it. And she sent me a letter saying, I will not vote for it. I will never vote for it. And I'm like, well, that's a little bold, don't you think, Maribeth? I'm still one of your constituents that, you know, could I got to start writing letters to potentially my vote for you when hell freezes over. But. But now she's no longer my assemblywoman. I need to start writing. It sounds fun. 
to write to your Congress. You made it sound so <laughs> fun. I want to. I want bold letters. I want bold letters. I just want to hear bold responses. Yeah. Who yeah. are you? How dare you write to me? You twenty eight nothing. You peasant. <laughs> so my congressman to talk to me and belittle my existence like I know they already do because that's how I want to live as an American yeah yeah us peasants so uh oh my God. so I asked you to watch a video yes you did end it off at a light note let's go we're ending on a and 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 what the video was called is uh Don Rickles' most savage insults. And uh this is uh, uh a group of guys that I've just started watching called the Cartier family. So um this is a, a group of black men watching Don Rickles. And what I thought is uh, I would play just a few of his jokes and then play uh, the jokes uh, that he directed at black people. And uh, then uh, get your uh, opinion on, um, on Don Rickles. Are you ready? And we, we did invite somebody else to join us uh, today. And for the watchers of the show, I'll give you three seconds to guess uh, who was invited to join us, who it was that said he was going to join us, and who it was that didn't show up and join us. And uh, if you did guess that you are correct, if you guessed the worst guess ever, Alex! But no applause because he's not here. He didn't even answer me. He didn't even answer me when I asked him, are you going to be on the show? <laughs> this guy is great. I like him. Let's hear it. I guess I got to be the only black man to actually approve of this on the show. Okay. Now, let's, you, let's, let's make this clear, people, that this is a comedian. I have never met Bob <laughs> Bob Newhart goes to many gay parties. <laughs> oh, Julia Roberts, you live next to me at the beach. You know that. <laughs> Thanks for all the visits. Anyway, uh, I'm moving about two blocks from you. Broad never shows up. Come by and say hello. <laughs> Closer than two blocks. You have no lines, Julia. Just nod. <laughs> anyway, this man was married to a great many women in his life. They're all flat now. <laughs> But I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, which they keep it quiet. Yeah, you know, Robert that. Redford's Jason Robards. We're on scholarship, no, 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 no. I just walked in and thought, act. Ah, you don't get a scholarship. You pay. You got to audition. Don't like be a dumbbell. I hate a dumbbell. <laughs> God has given you the way you look. Do not be ashamed of it. When you were born, you probably hit the wall. Man. And you know that, baby. And you were beautiful to tell it. Telly is a great Greek, and you're a great black man, and I'm a Jew. And I say this from my heart. On behalf of the Greeks and the Jewish people, don't move into the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> hey, beautiful. No. Hey. 
That's so sweet of you, really. Uh, when you get older, you know, you get that kind of reception, you, you want to walk away and say, why am I with him? Yeah. <laughs> now, I heard she gave you an iPad. Did, did you think that was a woman's product? Well, well, did you even know what it was? Well, an iPad, you know, that's the truth. I know nothing about if the you know, television goes uh, the, with the blinking uh, uh, midnight. I don't, I don't know the first thing about it. But now I got no, an iPad. television stays on after midnight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How about, how about, how about shut up? I'll bring love and I'll bring peace. Mr. T. I've been kindness and warmth. I love the black people. People are my looking at that. Look what he said. I love the black people. People in my life, my world, is the toad. I know, wow. He, he did that. Uh, Why? I met this man many, many years ago in a 7 Eleven store and he said, Give me your money. <laughs> I say that honestly. All peoples are alike. We are all working. You live in my neighborhood. I live in yours. Right, Sam? Right. Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going again. <laughs> 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 gentleman who, uh, when she was born, God ran out of clay and made her face trick or treat Charlie. Oh, it's weird. I gotta come out here. I gotta try to do a job. Uh, 48 hours of entertainers. And, uh, hi, Bob. How are you? I spoke to the home. You're gonna sit up Friday. Anyway, I'll tell you this. Look at the astronaut sitting over here. Gene Cernan went to the moon and hasn't been straight since. You got a lot of big names here tonight. Some of the greats turned out for you. Kay Medford, who had a very busy schedule in downtown Hollywood looking for bad apples. <laughs> nice to see. Are you Japanese? Chinese? Bro, you, always... Chinese? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we Jews, we love you, especially on Sunday. Oh, my gosh. No. He is insane. Who keeps calling me on the phone saying, Why is that black guy getting the bigger lines? <laughs> Jealous, but when you go to bed tonight, <laughs> try to listen for a clock. <laughs> your part, George, is getting smaller and smaller. Tell him what you told me, how you're fed up with the blacks and you don't want them in your neighborhood. <laughs> but we need the blacks. Without them, there'd be no Olympics. No. Hey, he's funny, Spielberg and all these guys at the table, we know Clint, I know you. Clint's idea of a good time is sitting on a pickup truck watching his dog bark. <laughs> Sugar Ray is a great champion. Sugar, we'd ask you to talk, but you know the blacks, your lips lock. Damn! I say this way, shut up. I hate when a, when a spade butts in. <laughs> on top of a farm roof and go Hey! Norm MacDonald was cool.
He Wait, no, no, I'm not touching him, bro. He's, yeah, he's no, I'm not touching him. Yeah, yeah. This might be crazy. Jordan. Pure savage. Larry Bird. I like that he was 100% Nobody safe. Yeah, this was insane. Yeah, he was funny. I didn't expect him to be going this hard. I didn't no, know, he, was, he wasn't holding back. He wasn't scared of nothing, bro. He was shit. This should say no snowflakes. Yeah, it should, bro. This is a no snowflakes. Oh, my God. Hey, now, that lip lock was a little too far. He said, I think probably speak for all the, the Greeks and Jews when I say, don't move in the neighborhood. Oh my God. <laughs> that was he said, we moved to your neighborhood and I moved to yours. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so what do you think? I agree. I think you also got a lot of cutting in your future. But I agree with those gentlemen. He's funny. He's hilarious. I think you showed me a while back. Him and he, he and that's I think that's our first my first compilation of him. So he holds up. He's a savage. He's a monster with it. I love I love comics like that. I don't care who you are. You're gonna get ripped apart, and we're gonna keep moving. I love comedy like that. So I I love these reaction videos. You know, especially when uh, younger people are watching things that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And um, I said a lot of those dudes were your age. A lot that? of those dudes, some of those dudes look like they're around your age. Who? Uh, I think that one on the far left was definitely probably around your age. Oh, you mean the guy, the Cartier family guys? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Some look like they're around your age. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I maybe maybe in his forties. I don't know. I don't think he's fifty-five. Um. I always thought Don Rickles was funny, but uh, I've always been hesitant uh, with some of the racial stuff for a long time. I've been kind of, kind of out, you know, um, non-committal on it. So that's why I wanted your perspective. You know, the, the the jokes that he that he delivered, you know, they landed with you. Yeah, because what I noticed a lot of it, yes, were there a lot of black jokes? And I'm sure the person who edited it uh, probably picked their favorite jokes out of it because that's it's biased. But from what I can see, he's very broad with his humor. Like everybody gets it. There's no, it's not about color. It's about what he sees in the world. And he's a, he's obviously a true com- comedian, you know, and Often the the best things to make fun of are the things that you love the most, you know. Um, look at his like if you watch that and see his reaction with Mr. T and other black people. A lot of a lot of like, listen, comedians are not protected very well, you know. They're not like national treasures to joke around, joking like that is at your own, you know, own decision. Like you can get hurt for that. So he seemed to be respected and loved within the community of black people and whites and all that. So he seems like one of those comedians that really sets a standard for like a form of comedy that we see today. Mm-hmm. And I can only appreciate that because I I love comedy where everybody can be made fun of. I feel like we're going to return even more soon to that. That type of comedy will come back even harder than it has before. And I can't wait because it's definitely going to happen in my lifetime. It always does. It's going to get brutal, and then I don't know how the new generation is going to do, but it's going to get brutal, and people are going to have a lot of hurt feelings. And I think if people think Dave Chappelle and 
Bill Burr were the problems, oh, wait till the next guy comes in. Wait till the next woman comes in. And they might just be trans. They might just be gay. They might just be a part of the communities that are, are, are fighting against this stuff. So comedy is beautiful like that. Comedy oh, is beautiful is. like that. So I don't take, I never take offense really with comics. I really have a problem with certain comics when they're political. Because I'm like, how do you flip yourself out of that when you set yourself to an ideology? Okay. You know, those kind of like iffy with me because it's like if your ideology is not what I agree, then I can't really enjoy you because a lot of what you're talking about doesn't interest me. But like if you're just making fun of somebody for their flat feet and uh, crooked eyes and, you know, telling them that every every man that ever looks at them needs to get arrested, that that's hilarious. Well, you know, like uh, even... Uh... Lewis Black, that you know, that's what he does is political humor. Yeah, um, he he's an equal opportunity. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. And I've seen his stuff. Just, just, yeah, uh, disliker of both the Republican and Democratic parties. So mm-hmm. he's not perpetuating one viewpoint. Yes, and those and men like him are, are rare and few. Yeah. Um, you know, like Pastor, you look like a extra or somebody that tried to be an extra on a Grease movie but never got the role. And here you are now. Was that racial? I don't know. <laughs> but timely because uh just two days ago, uh, a patient told me that uh he assumed that uh, I was a good chaplain based on the visit, uh, but I could stand to get myself a better pair of shoes. Were <laughs> oh, you wearing Crocs? I was wearing those uh, shoes I bought uh, at uh, Nordstrom Rack that make me feel oh, like I'm... Shoes? I didn't even know that. I did. I did. I, I picked up a pair of Skechers that made me feel a little hipper and, and younger. And I did that. You mean to tell me I bought some like Michael, some name brand fancy and bought Skechers? You could have got Skechers anywhere in the world, Pastor. Well, I know, but 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 then I put on these other shoes and I said, Oh my god, these shoes are so comfortable. And they were when I looked at who made them, they were made by Dr. Scholes. So I'm wearing I'm wearing old man shoes. They're very plain. They're just very plain black shoes, but well, they are—they are, they are the most comfortable shoes I've ever owned in my life. Oh my god, I want a pair now. I love comfortable shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good comfortable shoe. I don't give a crap how old. There's no age. Feet. I don't want no bunions. I got some nice feet. Who wants bunions and cramps in their feet, weirdos? So uh, I do want to. I do want to show one one more video of the uh, the, Car- the Cartier family. Um, you know, this is my my latest find on YouTube, and I really do enjoy these guys a lot. Uh, pause and uh... ready. Look what you did to my pastor. <laughs> they're they're doing a they're doing a reaction video on Bill Burr, um, and he's talking about the ep- epidemic of gold digging. I love Bill Burr. Period. <laughs> 
guy is just considered funny. <laughs> yeah. Some woman cut her husband's dick off, threw in the garbage disposal, and turned it on. Sheesh. People thought it was hilarious. They were like, hey, hey, Stumpy, nobody cares. You think if a guy removed a woman's titty and threw it in the dryer, anybody would be joking about it? The, next day? the entire country would grind to a halt. There'd be a moment of silence. The NFL would have some special colored headband hey, everybody had to wear for an entire month. This is so true. The most effeminate color they could possibly come up with. You know, this is true. This is so true. This is very true. Because yeah. there's a whole month for breast cancer, but there's nothing for testicles. <laughs> Do we get, but we don't really get no cancer like that, though. Testicle yeah. cancer. Yeah, testicle cancer? Yes, yeah. you can get yeah, testicle your balls can cancer. Your balls cancer your heart. What? Yeah, yeah. snip them. Oh, my God. Yeah, your balls can I get like, when you're like bro. 40, you have to get like regularly checked for that. Yeah, yeah I, I think they got to put a finger in your booty. No, this no, is that's so a, true. That's a whole different When you're 40, they got to put a finger in your booty. That's a whole different thing. What? Yeah, I think when you're 40. Your ball sack. What? <laughs> yeah, I think in 40 they gotta put a finger in your booty. Man, too. I don't like how you. What's it called? It's called a, a, a vasectomy. No, bro. Vasectomy <laughs> is when they snip your spine. You can't have baby. All right. So what is this called? It's like. A <laughs> so. <laughs> so okay. But part I, of me well, really think he knew exactly what that was. He was just playing around. I love that. What, 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 what they call that? A vasectomy. Well, well, the thing that cracked me up when I first watched it was that guy in the back. They're saying at forty, they put a finger in your booty, and then that one guy, yeah. that guy to the right, was like, "I don't like the way you're saying that." <laughs> oh my god! Well, he's that like, hey, "Why do you keep me you up?" Know, it sounds like you want a figure in your booty. <laughs> it's just a new humor, man. Everybody jokes about fingers in their booty now. Everybody wants fingers in their booty in the new generation. It's popping. That's what's popping. What's popping is your butthole popping. You know, that's the new trend. <laughs> so once again, here we are ending the show. Here. And then saying, we end the show the same way every time, with a prayer. So let us pray. Uh, Father God, I just ask for your help. I ask for your providence over those that would choose peace over war. And that, Lord, I ask that uh, you allow coalitions of people who wouldn't normally come together to come together to talk about things like peace. And that, Father God, I ask that you protect those that are brave enough to speak up, those that are brave enough to put themselves uh, in the line of fire, so to speak, uh, to be smeared, uh, to be attacked uh, by the American media. That, Lord, we lift up anyone that is right now is... Uh, living uh, on in or on the battlefield, that, Lord, we ask a blessing on refugees. We ask a blessing on Turkey and Syria as the earthquake uh, has created so much uh, destruction. And that, Lord, we ask that the United States lift the sanctions against Syria so they can receive the aid that they need so people don't needlessly suffer. 
and that Lord, we thank you for humor, and that Lord, uh, may we uh, be receptive to uh, comedy. Maybe we may we be perceptive, receptive to evaluating how we perceive comedy, and that Lord, uh, we ask a blessing on those that are in comedy uh, to perfect the art of comedy and that Lord, that we ask that you let those fall off that want to use uh, comedy maliciously. So Lord, we thank you and we praise you tonight and that Lord, we pray all these things in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Protect all the booty holes and, the world, my lord. <laughs> no, we just had prayer. I, I, I still can protect booty holes. Good night. Scandinavia, Provence, dans la Sainte Pauvreté.